Hi, everyone. I'm Gary Knoll. Nice to have you with us today. Sunlight is linked with the lower COVID deaths. University of Edinburgh in Scotland. That's important. We're going to be exploring that in about 10 other topics involving our health. How to keep alive longer and, uh, and be more vibrant. Also today, I'm going to offer some very well-researched, fully documented statements by mainstream Orthodox virologists, medical doctors, research scientists from all backgrounds. There's nothing alternative about them. They're all pro-vaccine. They're all pro-FDA-supported drugs. But they're speaking out against the current weaponized agenda of Anthony Fauci, Bill Gates, and others. Now, mind you, whether you take a vaccine or not is your business. I believe in freedom of choice. So therefore, I hope that you make the right choice. And the only way you'll know if you're making the right choice is do your homework. If I'm suggesting something, question it. Ask for validation. I try to always provide documentation. But anything I'm talking about, I, I put on GaryNall.com. You can send under, go to GaryNall.com, look under articles, look under COVID, look under vaccines. And everything I'm saying has been fully, fully stated and with good scholarship and good references, not opinions. Now do the same for the New York Times on any topic. And we're going to take on many different topics today. And I want to thank the citizen journalists who continue every day to send me information. Some of it's usable, some is not. Anything that is usable has been uh, confirmed to be accurate. We have our own vetting system here. And hence, we're a radio program of record and have been for over half a century. Go back. Just simple. All of my articles are published over 840. All of the broadcasts, over 43,000 hours. <clears throat> that would put it somewhere in the top five radio shows in American history. And just take a look. And you'll see that we were on the right side even when we were the only voice supporting a particular position. It is my belief at this time, looking at all the evidence, that everyone is being lied to, you're being played, you're being manipulated, and not because of just the profits from COVID. That's the first stage. And all the parasites that will jump in there to exploit it. But because they're getting you set up for the Great Reset, which will take away society, make a two-tier system, the rich and everyone else. That's why the vaccine passports should be fought everywhere. You have a right to say no. Let's start saying no. Let's start pushing back with intelligence, nonviolently, push back. Every day I will be providing you with information that you can use in your efforts. For each one of us, we can do something. Even if you're just a lay person, we're going to play you a lay person today speaking at a town hall where they wanted to take away children's rights, parents' rights, and mandate uh, forced vaccines on the children. That violates the Nuremberg Code, not the Nuremberg Code of 1946, the one of 1911. And I'm going to go into that with a constitutional scholar on an upcoming program. We have three of the world's leading constitutional scholars lined up. I want to thank Sharon Wollums. She's an outstanding journalist. She sent up one thing today, and uh, here's what she sent. This is from The Defender. Quote, the number of COVID vaccine injuries reported to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System surpasses 50,000. That's 50,000, but there's also, just in the United States, 2,249 deaths. And of those injuries, 7,226 are very serious, meaning requiring hospitalizations. Now, again, look at the math. It is simple. We are told that only, only um, one out of every 10 deaths maximum is reported or injuries. <clears throat> it's voluntary. It's not mandatory. But so let's just take 50,000 injuries times 100, and you're dealing with 50, well, you're, my goodness, look at the number. You're dealing with almost uh, 50 million. So 
We're dealing, no, excuse me, five million. So if we were told the truth that there are five million people who have been injured and there is not just 2,249 deaths, but rather if we took that times 100, we're dealing with almost uh, 224,900 deaths. That's quarter million deaths. If any product, any drug, any procedure, any surgical procedure, inter intervention caused 2,249 deaths in a group of people, then it would be stopped. And this isn't even approved. Please remember, none of this was approved. And the New York Times are not allowing any of this to be made to your awareness. So we are. We're giving you the facts because if we don't fight this now, if we get distracted by less important things like identity politics and the woke generation and supercilious and virtually moronic discussions that some people are having about you can't use the word mother or father or grandmother or grandfather or brother or sister because that's him <clears throat> fill in the words. No, taking away your rights to travel, taking away your rights to go into a store, taking away your rights to be able to get on an airplane or a bus or a train, to go to a stadium, to participate in sports, not because you have the virus, you could show you don't have the virus, or that you were infected and now have permanent immunity. It's because you don't have your vaccine and your vaccine passport. This is where it's going. So please remember that. All right? You've got to fight back. So we're going to ask you to call in and share your points of view throughout the entire program. I'm going to be sharing a lot of different input from a lot of different sources. And then you call in at 888-874-4888. That's 888-874-4888. And share your points of view. Now, we know that sunnier areas are associated with fewer deaths from COVID-19. Increased exposure to the sun's rays, specifically the ultraviolet rays, could act as a simple public health intervention if further research establishes it causes a reduction in mortality rates. The University of Edinburgh compared all recorded deaths from COVID-19 in the continental U.S. from January to April 2020 with ultraviolet levels for 2,474 U.S. counties for the same time period. The study found that people living in areas with the highest level of exposure to sun, which makes up 95% of the sun's UV light, the UVA streams, had a lower risk of dying from COVID compared with those with lower levels. The analysis were repeated in England and Italy, same results. So mind you, get into the sun, all right? And by the way, keep in mind that the sun helps you with a lot of other conditions, but it also gives you vitamin D. How important is vitamin D? We're going to show that in a moment by a doctor who has done more, more work with patients than any other doctor I've ever heard of. What do you hear is biography. <clears throat> also from the Journal of Alzheimer's Disease comes a study just today about how Folic acid and DHA improve factors related to cognitive function. Now, we all want better cognition. And one of the frustrations of losing your cognition is you're not aware of you lost it. You can have someone, did you turn off the stove? Yeah, I did. You go and look, it wasn't turned off. No, I'm sure I turned it off, but it's on. You didn't turn it off. Did you turn off the water in the shower? Of course I did. You check the shower. The water still on. These are the telltale signs that if something is happening at the neurological level, and if it's dementia, it gets worse and the person doesn't remember what they have forgotten. I actually spoke with a person who had lost so much cognition that when they pulled up to a light, they forgot to put on the brake and they scrammed in the back of a car. At another time, the same person didn't uh, look either left or right, thought they had, turned right, ran right into a biker on a bicycle. Didn't hurt the person, but that's when I said, you gotta, you got to stop driving. You've got to work on this. They were in gross denial. So you got to be aware cognition is very important. So if it means that we have to take some folic acid and DHA, which is your fish oil, 
getting about 800 micrograms folic acid each day and about 800 milligrams of DHA each day versus a placebo for six months, and you get the same results. It's this uh, adult intelligence scale revised tested. It's worth it. Excuse me, the takeaway message, folic acid, B12, DHA, help keep your brain healthier, younger, longer. Talking about the brain, a Norwegian Institute for Public Health came out with a study that that ADHD and autism are associated with utero heavy metal and essential minerals. So when you're pregnant and you have heavy metals of cadmium, lead, arsenic in your body, even manganese, uh, that can cause a risk increase of ADHD and autism. That's why I've said many times, go through a one-year, if it's a planned pregnancy, go through a one- to two-year detoxification, both emotional detoxification, so you're not passing forward the epigenetics, and also your body is cleaned of heavy metals. It's energized. It's nutrient-rich and doesn't have all of the nutrient deficiencies the average person getting pregnant has. And by the way, sharing and enjoying meals with loved ones reduces obesity and improves health of adolescents. University of uh, Cataluna in Spain. So, and mind you, they're having the Mediterranean diet. And so they eat slow. They share their thoughts. As a family, we should be doing the same instead of destroying the nuclear family, which is the political message at the moment. That's the latest on health and healing. We're 21 minutes into our program. We're going to take a brief break, and when we come back, we're going to do something. We're going to take you to a doctor, and this doctor has some rather impressive credentials, and uh, he'll give them to you when it opens up, but it lets you see this is an ultra-Orthodox doctor showing you how he deals with COVID, and when you hear the number of patients that he's seen and how many uh, how many people he's tested, it's over 100,000, but he's getting good results. Now, mind you, this is one of the orthodox people speaking up against the orthodox COVID model. Before we do that, however, one more thing here. We're going to challenge the COVID vaccine and... Uh, We're going to have Naomi Wolf back on. She was on for almost an hour. But just today, uh, she said this, sent this to me. Uh, Can I share this? And I said, yes. Quote, vaccine passports can, quote, drive forced consent, standardized standardization of digital identity schemes. Who said that? The World Economic Forum just this week. The Global Blockchain Business Council CEO tells Davos crowd that she hopes the rise of vaccine passports will help drive, quote, forced consent. I repeat, listen what I'm saying. Forced consent. Forced consent. Do you realize what they're doing? I told you the worst is ahead of you. You will have no choice. They will force consent. Backing up by the police. You will not be able to demonstrate. You will not have freedom of speech. You will not be able to do what you want to do. You will not be able to live the life that you have lived. And, quote, standardization. Drive forced consent and standardization. You are nothing more than one of 300 million cans being manufactured that are standardized. Everything is standardized of global digital identity schemes. Quote, I'm hoping with the desire and global demand of some sort of vaccine passport so that people can get traveling and working again, we drive forced consent standardization and, frankly, cooperation across the world, end quote. Sandra Rowe, and she's one of the leaders, and that means you'll be forced into a a digital identity encompassing everything that makes you unique in the digital realm. And it's a system, according to Naomi, uh, that can consolidate all of your online activity data, including which website you visit, your online purchases, your all your health records, 
your financial records, everything that you have in your banks, every photograph you've ever taken, every email, everything where you travel, who your friends are, which social media you watch. If you read a book, which book? If you eat food, which food? It is also a scheme that, when used by authoritarians like Communist China, enables a dystopian social crediting system. By the way, that's exactly what they have in China now, where every single citizen under 360, uh, 365 degree uh, viewing, they're in a complete system. Every single thing is digitized. And so if you do what they tell you, you get a credit score. If you challenge it in any way, you get a, uh, you get less credit and you're shamed. I'll give you a simple example. A person jaywalks. Their photograph is everywhere in that area. So if that person goes to a restaurant, everyone's phone rings, and that person's face shows up, and it shows that they have, le- they have got less social credit because of their noncompliance with uh, government standards and social standards. Therefore, everyone is shamed in that restaurant. Everyone is shaming that person for that restaurant. If they were to uh, do something like write a letter concerned about the Uyghurs in the internment camps, reprogramming camps, or what they've done to, destruct, to destroy the culture of Tibet, or uh, all the other ways that they traffic in organ transplants, then that person, their kids would not be allowed in any school, they would not be allowed to work any place. They would no longer be able to use an apartment. They would have no electricity. They would have no money. They would be out on the street or taken away to some camp someplace. That is what China is doing right now and has been doing. Why isn't that important? Instead, we have National Basketball League not willing to condemn this slave labor that they use to make uh, athletic outfits and sneaker shoes, etc. But that's not talked about because that would impact some economic advantage. Just So it's just, it shows you what we're not willing to examine. So when we get our passports, we are now in their system. Everything that's ever happened in your life becomes a part of them. So everything is held in a virtual session called Scaling Up Digital Identity Systems. Who says? The World Economic Forum says in their Global Technology Governance Summit. This has already happened. This is why I tell you, if you thought your ass was your own, you're going to get your ass kicked beyond imagination. You're going to be pummeled at every level of your life from now on by authoritarian rule. And this administration or the previous, it doesn't matter who's in power, they're all fully supportive of it. Man, you all were asleep. Wow, you were asleep. Well, it's time to wake up, or you may not have a chance to wake up, because you'll be under their thumb. Thank you, Naomi Wolf, for sending me that, and I got it out to help we. Naomi said to me, Gary, we have to work together. She is right. We must all work together. It cannot all fall on the back of a few of us, maybe 100, 200 of us. We all have to realize how we're being played and used by everyone out there. So, and that's just one. And it's it's happening. It's happening as we speak. This is not an exaggeration. Just want you to know that. So we're going to take a break. And oh, by the way, uh, you think those vaccines are safe and you go on television, you take your vaccine to show that you're, you're with it? Well, Midwin Charles... 47-year-old MSNBC legal analyst is dead after experimental RNA vaccine. Will it be denied? Think of all the other people who are dying, including young people taking the vaccine and dying, older people having strokes, and yet denying it's responsible. Yeah, keep that denial going. Back in a moment. Please stay with us. 
Last week, I am informed a meeting occurred between Orange County Health Officer Dr. Clayton Chow and Orange County Board of Education Superintendent Al Mahars, during which time they apparently tried to find a way to, quote, sidestep and entirely remove informed parental consent for the COVID vaccine and also turn Orange County school campuses into vaccination centers. The COVID-19 vaccine is an experimental medical protocol authorized under the Emergency Use Authorization Act, and as such, you cannot mandate it for anyone, nor can you sidestep informed consent. There is a reason that kids cannot smoke, drive, drink, have sex, vote, or die for this country, and it is because the law says they lack the capacity to understand those decisions, and that applies here more than ever. Hear me loud and hear me well. We will not be morphing our school campuses into COVID vaccine centers for delivery of an experimental medical protocol that killed every damned ferret in the last animal study they did until such time they had to abandon that study, and then, and then they didn't even do the study this time around because we are the study. The last time humans launched a plan like this to conduct experimental medical protocols on vulnerable populations was in Joseph Mengele's direction. He was an MD known as the, the angel of death. Okay, and he was part of the SS, and in 1943, he was assigned to Auschwitz, where he saw an opportunity to conduct gene research, quote, focused primarily on children with no regard for the health or safety of the victims. This is off the internet. You can Google it. You know what else is gene research? Experimental COVID vaccines with the trans gene inside of it. If you don't believe me, go pull the EUA application for the J&J &J shot. I come from a long line of Eastern Europeans, Hungarians, and Romanian groups, groups that fled the persecution of the Red Terror Communist death squads in the early 1900s, and those of us who didn't make it to America ended up facing the Nazi death squads in the lesser-known Holocaust that was the Romani Holocaust. There is a reason my daughter is named Katia. Her Romani great-grandmother was Katarina Choma, and I, for one, have not forgotten the lessons of our history. The Third Reich did not end with experiments on children, nor when those children died. The Third Reich ended in 1946 when we put the doctors who committed these human experiments on trial in Nuremberg, and then we put them to death. It ended with the adoption of the Nuremberg Code, so we would never repeat the sins of history. And it states, and I quote, the voluntary consent of this human subject is absolutely essential. Dr. Chow and Dr. Maharish, you are hereby on notice. Last week, you appear, appear to have knowingly hatched a plan to sidestep and or violate international, federal, and state law, not just the Nuremberg informed consent language, but also the black letter law of the EUA, as well as California state law, which punishes, and I quote, the willful failure to obtain a subject's informed consent by imprisonment in county jail for one year or the imposition of a $50,000 fine or both through the planned insertion of experimental gene-altering protocols onto the very children you were elected and charged with protecting. And tonight we are asking the Board of Education for an immediate letter of censure to these individuals. And if they don't resign for an immediate notice of termination, and that letter also needs to go to the professional boards because they have no business being in these positions. So help me God, the people of Orange County will hold this policy to account. Your time is up. I'm aware. Time is up. No, her Next time is just starting. Board. Those little creepy bastards on these county boards that rubber stamp everything that comes their way, supplicants of the CDC and Anthony Fauci, <clears throat> good for her. We need more people like her speaking up and speaking as, strain, as, as strong as they can to authority that is wrong. And by the way, now the New York Times, lapdog that it is of orthodox everything, is telling us the variants, the variants, the variants. We should all be afraid, you know, we're going to have to have all these variants, new vaccines. No. The science is not there to support that. Who says? One of the world's leading authorities on vaccines, quote, this he just said today, absurdly impossible variants will escape immunity, just a lie. Quote, if I can show you that one major thing that governments around the world are telling the people is a lie, you should take my 32 years of experience opinion that says most of it, if not all of it, is a lie. Quote, the most different variant is only 0.3% different from the original sequence uh, as emailed out of Wuhan in January 2020. 0.3% is one variant that is the most different on the planet so far. And now another way of saying it is, quote, all of the variants are not less than 99.7% identical to each other, end quote. Now, 
quote, you might be thinking, hmm, 0.03% is, is that enough to escape immunity and become more dangerous? The answer is no. Get away, ya. Get out there. The human immune system is a thing of wonder. What it does is when it face it faces a new pathogen like this, you've got professional cells. They're called professional antigen-presenting cells. They're kind of a rough, tough thing that tend not to succumb to viruses, and their job is to grab foreign things in their near environment and tear them limb from limb inside the cell. They really cut them up into hundreds of pieces, and then they present these pieces onto the surface of their cells to the other bits of your immune system. And amazingly, because of the variability that God and nature gave you, huge variability to recognize foreign things, and your body ends up using 15 to 20 different specific motifs that it spots uh, about the virus. They're called epitopes. Basically, they're just like little photographs of the details about this virus. That's what they do, and that is what is called your uh, your immune repertoire is like 20 different accurate photographs close up of different bits of this virus. Now, if a tiny piece of the virus changes, like the 0.3% uh, I've just described, if you are reinfected by that variant, your professional tear-up uh, cells tear into that virus and cut it into pieces, present them again, and lo and behold, most of the pieces that you have already seen and recognized are still there in the variants. There's absolutely no chance that all of them will fail to be recognized and that and that is what is required for immune escape, to escape your uh, immunity. It must uh, present to you a new pathogen. It must be sufficiently different when it is cut up by your professional checker cells. It won't find mostly the same thing it has seen before, and that is just absurdly impossible when you have only varied 0.3%, so that is 99.7% similar. You can go uh, and check that by looking at papers by a person called Allison Tark, T-A-R-K-E. Uh, there is also Shane Crotty, C-R-O-T-T-Y, and all the other co-authors. And before them, coming from my theoretical understanding of multi-locus uh, immunity, which is what I just, uh, which I just described, if your immune system is presented with something that contains even half of those similar pieces, there's no way your body will say, uh, that's a new pathogen. And so the idea that 0.3% could even have a chance of getting around immunity is just a lie. Not, it's not even like an opinion difference. I don't think 0.03% uh, would be enough. Anyhow, <clears throat> excuse me, who is that saying that? He's one of the world's leading virologists, immunologists, and vaccine developers. He is Dr. Mike Yeadon who for 17 years was the head uh, or the former Pfizer, making one of the vaccines, now Pfizer vice president, chief scientist for allergy and respiratory conditions, 32 years in the industry, leading new medicine research and retired from the pharmaceutical giant, quote, with the most senior research position in his field. So just remember, when you're being told that every one of these variants means there could be, have to be a new vaccine for everyone and it could undo the benefits of the previous vaccines. What is their proof? These are once again speculative models, and these are not, meaning that <clears throat> we have new epidemics one after the other, after the other, after the other, endless epidemics and pandemics for the rest of your life. This is what happens when, unfortunately, we do not have legitimate science-based medicine, but political and economic science-based medicine. That said, I'm now going to be taking your calls, how we fight back. But we're going to go to a doctor, a physician, board certified, top of the field in all of America. Here's what he has to say. And imagine if what he had to say was actually instigated instead of what Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates were suggesting. 
would say the uh, the hazard of this virus, you know, that is its lethality, is much, much, much less than we thought it was when we stood here a year ago and you locked us down. We've learned that it only, pretty much only, is a threat to the health and kills occasionally people who are very close to end of life. The average age at death of people with COVID has been actually slightly older than the average age of death from any other, all other causes in this country. That must give you pause for thought. It's not taking from us, you know, our, our, you know, our young and healthy people the way something like polio might or, you know, other serious infectious diseases. So it's a disease which at most hastens the end of people who are close to or right at the end of life. And therefore, I think now we have provided uh, vaccine protection for every single one of those people who wants it. And we, should, we don't need any additional measures at all. And we should this very day announce, you know, uh, Freedom Day and, and remove masks, every single measure. Uh, and by the way, the ONS and Public Health England data actually says the incidence of the virus in the general population, 1.9 million tests I just mentioned, we're not able to find it. So take care out there, folks. And sorry about the last year. Get on with it. There is, as I said, quite a lot of pressure for people to have a vaccine. I mean, mm. these are complicated issues that most of us that are not uh, epidemiologists, immunologists, really can't make our own mind up about as individuals. We're getting texts, we're getting letters saying, come for your vaccine, it's all ready for you. What would you say to anybody who was considering, well, I'm not sure, this it seems like a bit of a hard sell to me, should I do it or not? Yeah, if you give, give me a second, I will be able to tell you because I've, I've told a lot of people the, the, the same thing. Uh, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, what, what bothers me, Mike, is it, it seems like it's there's actually been subtle pressure put on people just to do it without thinking about it. It's not subtle. So I would say healthy people under 60, it's a lot of us, are at, they're at such low risk from this virus. If you didn't seek a flu vaccine, don't get a COVID vaccine because if you're under 60 and in good health, you're at greater risk from flu than COVID. That's published information by one of the world's top epidemiologists, Dr. John Ioannidis. So if you're under 60 and good health, don't get the COVID vaccine. Also, I don't believe for a moment if you accept this vaccine, it will hasten the return of freedoms. So if you're doing it for that reason, a non-medical reason, I'm sorry, just look at the number of times the, go the government has moved the goalposts. Look into the eyes of Matthew Hancock. Do you believe what he says? And I don't. And so if you were thinking of getting it so you could go on holiday or go to the pub, what, what an one, what an absurd reason for taking an experimental gene-based vaccine against a disease that you are not at risk from. When I say it like that, you must realize it's just crackers. And that these people have reasons other than your health to, to, that are, that's inspiring them to try and persuade you. Now, I don't know what they are exactly, but they are not good for you. So if you're healthy and under 60, don't do it. You won't get your freedoms back. Uh, and I would say that uh, there are some countries that have already said we don't need vaccine certificates. Uh, I don't know which countries they are. They change from day to day. But I would say feed, the, feed that hand. If, you know, if those people want to take you. Again. These are qualified people, orthodox people, challenging orthodoxy. The difference is one group has real science and real experience in the field, and the others, they're all tied in with the Bill Gates, the uh, Gavi, the World Health Organization, um, and the people who are controlling the narrative. Let's say hello to Steve from Westchester. Hi, Steve. You're on the hey, air. Hey. Your turn. Hi, Gary. How's it going? Good. I just wanted to ask about what your, um, uh, I guess, speculation about what the end game of all this is. I'm, I'm thinking that the Davos crowd is thinking that because of climate change, we're on the Titanic and they're trying to save all the lifeboats for themselves. Do you have any feeling about that? The Davos crowd is the iceberg. All right. They're the problem. These are the elitists who are policymakers and opinion leaders without portfolio of public acceptance. We did not elect any of these people. We did not elect Bill Gates to do anything in our lives. He's an uneducated person who was absolutely merciless in his career. If you want to know how merciless he was, how violent he was at the 
playing the game of business, why don't you watch the 60 Minutes interview where the co-founder of Microsoft um, had uh, one of those moments that surprised me. I was watching it, I just, my jaw dropped, where he talked about what kind of person Bill Gates was. In fact, Bill Gates tried to get him out of the company, literally throw him out of the company. So if that's who he is, why don't you go back and look at all the lawsuits that Bill Gates has had to settle on and why those occurred. So this is a man now who is trying to take over all the farming in the United States. He's the largest owner of farmland, but not because of organic sustainable farming, genetic engineered. He doesn't want you eating meat, good. He wants you to eat genetically engineered meat, not good. Just remember, I'll bet anything that Bill Gates never read the scientific paper, which I have, that won the Nobel Prize, or Dr. Baltimore's work, though Baltimore wasn't the creator of jumping genes, it was another a scientist, that once a gene is in you, you cannot control what it will do. Meaning if you put an artificial, artificially constructed gene in, uh, it can jump. Uh, it can transform itself inside the body. So you want the whole world eating nothing but genetically engineered foods? You want to block the sun and the idiotic reporters for the New York Times? Isn't there anyone left at the New York Times has any sense of, of ethics? Anyone? All right, let's just say you show a diagram. No, look, we're going to put these particulate matters into the air high up, and that will cause the sun's rays to reflect back into the atmosphere, <clears throat> therefore cool the planet. Are you talking about barium? Are you talking about aluminum? Yes, those are part of that. And what happens to those? They don't stay up there. They fall to the ground. They're in our water, our soil. We breathe them. What would it mean if we had the largest single amount of environmental pollution from the air in world history? Don't they think through any of this stuff? Well, unfortunately, they don't, when control is the end game. Control, it's not money. They can't spend the money they have, but boy, they can certainly give it to other people who then get on their side. All right? So that's just what I believe is part of the end game. They want to control your currency, and with the digital currency, they can do that because they control the banks. And by the way, it was shown that the banking system gave two point. $7 trillion to the oil, gas, hydrofracking industry, and but not into rebuilding infrastructures, not into bringing businesses, small businesses, back into cities and communities around the United States. No, they gave it to the polluters. And yet we bail out the banks and the polluters. How smart is that? So Bill Gates is right in there. He's in there on the food. He's in there on land, he's in, in on the vaccines. What if it's mandated, like they, they were talking about in their group at uh, the World Economic Forum in Davos, what if they were of the opinion that there are certain people who are quite simply not, well, they're not good consumers. So let's just put some sterilizing agents into vaccines. Let's say, let's just use an example of um, Africa. Let's go into Africa and let's take two countries, Tanzania being one, and let's get the women sterilized for tetanus, even though they're not at risk of that, and let's create a hormone imbalance that acts as a natural contraceptive. Nobody will know it. That actually happened. And women went sterile. Lots of women went sterile. Then when the scientists discovered that it was in the vaccines, Track that back to the Gates Foundation. Any problems? No problems. Well, you just, you invaded a woman's body. What right do you have? What right, Bill Gates, do you have, you and your wife, to say that what a person that you do not consider of some value? In point of fact, the biggest polluter in the world are you and the people at Davos and the people, the high billionaires. You buy the most, you spend the most, you pollute the most, and yet you're the ones in control now. That's the end game. Thank you, Steve. Also, we have another Stephen from New York City. Hi, Steve. Your turn. Hello? Yes, you're on the air. Yeah, I wanted to find out whether, since so many people have been vaccinated, 
whether there was a protocol for some kind of detoxification thing because they already got vaccinated anyway. So I was trying to think of like maybe there's something that we could do to make a protocol to detoxify these people, you know, that already got messed up. It's it's a legitimate question. Thank you for asking it. With a traditional vaccine, not a genetically engineered one, uh, yes, you can go a long way, both with humans and animals, to detoxify from the toxic effects of these vaccines, especially those that contain uh, heavy metals, because chelation therapy, uh, chelate coming from the Greek chile, will grab it in a claw-like fashion and take aluminum, mercury, lead, cadmium out of the system. It takes a few months, but at least it can be done. There's nothing you can do to detoxify this because this is a sending a message in effect, a genetic code to get your spike proteins to continue to produce the antibody response. The trouble is there's no way of determining how long that will last. It could last your entire life. Well, what if you're healthy now, but in 10 years from now you have an autoimmune condition? Could that then stimulate a hyper-autoimmune reaction, and we believe it can. It is a definite possibility, and I'd like to know how many of the people who were COVID-negative in controlled environments, nursing homes, where they were tested on a regular basis, and after the vaccines, they went COVID-positive and died. Why is that not being discussed? Because that happened in multiple countries, including especially in Israel. Why isn't that being discussed? Why aren't all vaccines put on a moratorium until that issue alone is resolved? But nothing is being put on hold. It's full speed ahead. They want to vaccinate every human being on the planet. That's Bill Gates. That's Anthony Fauci. And that's absurd. But that's what's happening. Okay? Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate your calls. Now, we're going to close out our program today. And for our BAI listeners, you won't be able to hear all this because you're going to end in a few minutes to go to the news. But for everyone on Progressive Radio Network or PRN.FM, we're going to take up the top of the hour. This is, I'm only playing you eight minutes of a 20-minute segment. I think you'll find this very important because this is a mainstream, highly respected physician, scientist, telling you how simple it is, how easy it is to do this to save lives and prevent COVID. board certified in anatomic and clinical pathology. So yes, I have expertise in immunology and virology. Um, I also have subspecialty expertise in skin pathology. So I do a lot of skin cancer diagnostics as well. I've seen about 350,000 patients in my career. Uh, We've done about 100,000 COVID tests in the past year. So it is right up my alley. And so I'm not just blowing smoke today. This is my area of expertise. So I want to be able to share with you today actual science. You know, we get a lot of politics from one side, the other side. I'm not here to offend one side or the other. I'm here to speak data, and the data speaks the truth. And so I have no agenda. I just want people to understand, one, how, what, what public health messages have we been missing? You know, what treatment should, should be available to everybody? I want to talk a little bit about the, quote, vaccines, and then I want to open it up to questions, because I could talk on this for probably three hours or three weeks so, you know, this, I've only read maybe 6,000 articles in the last year, only seen, you know, like I said, 100,000 patients. So hopefully uh, buckle up and something useful. If one person walks away and I help save a life, then I've accomplished my purpose here today. So thank you for the opportunity. Thank you to my friend Craig uh, in the back. I know he's got some handouts if uh, some people are interested as well. So thanks for inviting me. And thanks to Lieutenant Governor's office as well. I'm, I'm honored to be here. All right. Dustin, my friend, let's advance here, and uh, we shall proceed. He's, he's the man with the, the magical buttons. Yeah, go to the next slide there, if you could, please. Oh, it's right there. This is where we are right now. So does that look like a pandemic? It was. It's not anymore. We are in an endemic now. Statistically, the pandemic is over in Idaho. You statistically, once we're below a set percentage, we are not in a pandemic right now. Is the disease present? Sure it is. Is it widespread? No. You know, we're still doing maybe 500 to 600 patient tests a day. At most, we're seeing 2% per day right now. And so the numbers are going way down. Uh, Next slide, please. Um, Oh, you're doing the next slide, and I'm not. You're one ahead of me there, Dustin. Um, So 
Yeah, we, we are past a pandemic stage. We're at an endemic stage. In most states, we are. There, it, their numbers are still high in a few states, but we're getting past that point. And here's why. Coronaviruses are seasonal. They follow a six- to nine-month life cycle, and no matter what we do, they're going to do what they do, and then they're going to fade. What happened to SARS? What happened to MERS? What, would, what did we do to stop them? Nothing. They did their thing. Um, Average uh, COVID-19 death, age 78.6. Average age of death in North America every year, 78.6. That's fascinating. Um, what, are our, what are our highest risk factors? Obesity, low vitamin D levels, advanced age. 90% of deaths in the state have been over 70 years of age. That's the at-risk population. We have stopped our society for something that's taking people that are already at that death risk age anyway. The virus is fragile. These are just little tidbits. It's fragile. It doesn't live outside. UV light fractionates it, kills it, blows it apart. Ventilation in the wind blows it away. It is insanity to wear a mask outside. It is absolute insanity. And that's, and that's science. That's science. There is not one study that has shown any super spreader event to have occurred outside. They have all been indoors with poor ventilation. Uh, next slide, please. All right, biggest lost message on this entire pandemic is vitamin D. There is no such thing, and if I can give one message to all of you for every winter and autumn for the rest of your lives, there is no such thing as flu and cold season. There is only low vitamin D season. Next, please. Vitamin D, every cell in your body, every nucleus has a receptor for vitamin D on it. 2,000 genes in your body are controlled by vitamin D. 5% of your body's genome controlled by vitamin D. It is the master key to your immune system, the master key. If one has a level in mid-range, you cannot develop a cytokine storm. Data shows what kills people, cytokine storm. If you are in mid-level range, you will not die from COVID because you cannot get a cytokine storm. Next, please. All right, so we don't just have a viral pandemic. We have an international vitamin D deficiency pandemic, i.e. 70% of the world is immune suppressed, 70%. 70 to 80 percent of all Americans are immune suppressed because they are D deficient. 82 to 88 percent of nursing home patients are D deficient. Who's dying at the highest rate? Nursing home patients. 83 percent of African Americans, 70 percent of Latinos, 72 percent of Native Americans, 47 percent of Caucasians are insufficient and 70 percent are, are deficient. And, well, 47% are, are deficient, 70% of Caucasians are insufficient. 80% um, of all hospitalized patients statistically are vitamin D deficient. 96% of people in the ICU are vitamin D deficient. If you are D deficient, you are immune suppressed, you are susceptible to the common cold, the flu, coronavirus of any sort, bacterial pneumonia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The best mask of all is a healthy immune system, and a healthy immune system does not occur. Uh, next slide, please. If you, if you don't have D in normal range. Well, how do we get D? Sunshine. You know, we synthesize it through our skin. Um, above the 35th parallel in the world or below the 35th parallel for four to five months of the year, you cannot synthesize vitamin D through your skin. The older you get, the harder it becomes as well. Vitamin D is critical. Every Idahoan, if you do not supplement, you are vitamin D deficient, you are immune suppressed in the fall and the winter. Next slide, please. So here's a good map of the 35th parallel. Anybody above that line is vitamin D deficient all winter long. Next slide, please. So <laughs> you can run outside naked thinking you're getting sunshine from October through March, like this fine gentleman here in the snow, and the amount of vitamin D you will synthesize from October through March outdoors running naked in your tutu is zero. Absolutely zero. If you do not supplement with vitamin D in the wintertime, you are immune suppressed. Next, please. Most insurance companies in Idaho and northern states do not pay for a vitamin D test, unfortunately. Other countries, Scandinavians, test their citizens twice a year. They supplement 35 foods on their food shelves with vitamin D. Why is Finland, Norway, Sweden doing so well? They take care of the public health of their individuals. They know that this is public health message number one for their immune health, so they do something about it. 
Uh, 80% of Americans also are magnesium deficient. Our soils are depleted. Vitamin D and magnesium play a fine dance. You need them both to work together in order to have a functional immune system. We're also zinc deficient, 70 to 80% of us in this room. Diet, 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 diet. What you eat matters. It affects your immune health. Um, obesity is, drastically reduces your ability to get vitamin D into your circulation. D is a fat-soluble vitamin. The heavier set you are, the more it goes into your fat and not into your circulation to stimulate your immune system. Uh, normal D levels also decrease colon cancer, breast cancer, thyroid cancer rates, depression rates, suicide rates. Eight out of the ten highest suicide states are northern-tiered states. Go figure. Because vitamin D, it's not a vitamin. It's a pro-hormone. And again, it affects thousands of genes in your body. You get a D level up to normal, you decrease risk for all of these things, not just COVID. Next, please. All right, most physicians, unfortunately, don't know how critical this is. This should be public health message from the pulpits of Washington, the pulpits of every state. Where we're pulling our hair, henny penny, the sky is falling, oh no, oh no. What really matters is, look, if you have a healthy immune system, you have a healthy population. And we are not emphasizing that. It's, oh gosh, mask distance, there's nothing we can do, et cetera. There is something we can do. Give the right message. And the right message is, you can take control of your immune health. You can do something about it. You know, what goes into your body does matter. Um, public health officials have ignored this critical message. Um, normal D levels. Decrease your COVID symptom severity or risk for hospitalization by 90%. That's the world data now. There have been a lot of placebo-controlled trials that show this all around the world. It is scientific fact, not just a correlation like a lot of doctors will tell, oh, gosh, that's that vitamin stuff. I'm like, no, it's an essential part of the human body. It is an essential pro-hormone that your body naturally makes in the sunshine. From okay, there you've heard a physician, highly respected, saying vitamin D, if we had good amounts of vitamin D, we could have prevented 90%, 90%, and that the masks don't work. And just think of it this way. They implemented quarantine, masks, and social distancing, and they had zero science to back that up with, none. That's just insane. Your health policies, personal and uh, and for a society should be based upon what does the science show is most likely to do no harm and manifest as a really good preventative measure. We wrote about this at the beginning of, of the telling people, at least this audience, these are the things you have to do to prevent COVID. We were right. They are wrong. They're only interested in the vaccine and the drugs and only the drugs that make them money. Not being cynical, I'm being pragmatic. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen, and we'll be back with more on how to take back control over your life. Have a nice day, everyone.